I, uh, how many of you have kids in here? You have kids, wave at me. There are, there's a time when you have kids and they start to use all of your stuff, all of your chargers, all of your phones, every electronic device that you have, they start to use it. They think that it's theirs and they start to uh, take over the electronic space. And Honor, she's not in here right now, but I am connected to her iCloud and people call my daughter like 24-7 and my phone actually rings. How many of you know that can be aggravating? I mean, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to do business, the phone is ringing, and it's like three people trying to do a FaceTime, and like, uh, you know, it's constant, it's nonstop. It is like, uh, uh, I'm thinking, uh, I'm, you know, I'm trying to uh, prepare for a message, I'm getting phone calls nonstop. And the other day, to be honest, I was getting a phone call, uh, from, I thought, I was expecting a phone call, and I looked at the phone, and it was Honor's friend, and I got aggravated, I got frustrated, I was this close to go to, to getting with honor and saying, I'm taking away the phone, I'm hanging it up, I'm tired of these people calling all the time, and I felt like God stopped me. And in the moment, God stopped me, and he said, hey, remember when you moved over here, you prayed that your daughter would have friends, and you are complaining about the friends that are calling your daughter? <laughs> have you ever felt yourself in that place before? You actually are complaining about a prayer that God actually answers? Have you ever been in that place before? My, uh, James and I went and played golf the other day. We did horrible. It was, um, I'm just going to say it. I told him afterwards I went to the range every single day because I was like, dear Lord, this is bad. He, you know, so um, I wasn't feeling good about it. I'm getting frustrated. The whole neighborhood could probably hear me grunting and like, you know, frustrated. I hear my voice echoing through the, uh, the golf course. And then I had to stop and say, I'm on a golf course, right? I'm enjoying. This is a blessing. Why am I getting aggravated right now? A lot of times we know that some blessings, sometimes you can Look over the blessing and just see the frustration of the blessing. You know, the Bible says that when, when, the, um, when the, the stall is clean, it means there's no oxen in there. But when you get oxen in the stall, you actually have some cleaning up to do. And maybe there's some cleaning up that you're doing, and maybe you can be complaining about it. But I'm here to tell you today, if we have the right perception about things, we will have a lot easier life. When we'll begin to see, you know, you prayed about that job, you got the job, now you're complaining about the boss. You prayed about that marriage, you needed that once. They are the one. They are fine. They are hot. I, if I had them, I would be happy. Two years into the marriage, you're looking at each other in the middle of the night with stinky breath, and you're fighting, and you're complaining about your spouse, but it was an answer from God. Come on, somebody. It was God answering your prayers. I'm here to tell you that there are burdens that come with blessings. There are some burdens that come with blessings, but I think it's important that we keep a right perspective. How can Jesus, going through torture, going through pain, being crucified on the cross, and the Bible says 
the joy was set before him, he endured the cross, not letting any shame in his life, but holding on to confidence. How many of you know if Jesus can go to the cross without letting any negativity or allowing any doubt in, then we can live this life with endurance if we have a correct perspective. When you get down, when you get suffocated down and out, usually it's because we have a wrong perspective. But how many of you know when you have faith, you begin to have a different perspective and it gives you the energy, it gives you the joy, it gives you the strength to go through what others can't go through. How many of you want some faith in your life? I'm, we're starting this series, The Power of Faith, because I believe that God is going to give us a new perspective when it comes to the things in our life. And when I think of people keeping faith in the Bible, I think of Paul the Apostle. Paul the Apostle wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, and no matter what he went through, he had a different perspective. You know, when the Bible says, like, count it all joy when you go through trials, easier said than done. Come on, is it just me? Wave at me if it's easier said than done. The Bible says, count it all joy, but this was the perspective that Paul had. And I am confident that when we see the goodness of God even in our problems, God will begin to open doors when you think there's a hard time. It's in that hard time sometimes he opens doors for you and the blessing's right in front of you, but you can't see it because you have a wrong perspective. And how many of you want to get a right perspective, a perspective of faith, a perspective of eternity? I want to give you today five facts of faith, five facts of faith. And this is through the life of Paul. This is through the life of Paul. And the first one is this. Faith in Jesus is what makes us right with God. Faith in Jesus is what makes us right with God. Now, Paul the Apostle, before he was Paul the Apostle, he actually was a Pharisee, which means he studied the law, he studied uh, the, the Torah, he was an expert at religion and the law, and he actually thought he was following God by persecuting Christians. Now, I don't know what you've been going through, but I bet you haven't killed any Christians lately. Paul had some issues. Paul actually thought he was going in the right direction, but he wasn't going in the right direction. And the Bible says he was going on this road to Damascus on the way to kill Christians. And the Bible says that there was a bright light that, that shone over Paul, knocked him off his horse. How many of you know that God can sometimes knock you off your high horse? He got knocked off his horse, and he said something that was very extraordinary. He said two things. Number one, God, who are you, and what do you want me to do? God, who are you, and what do you want me to do? And the Bible says that in that moment, in that time, he could not see. He was blind, and the scales fell off of his eyes, and then he could see. How many of you know that when you get a relationship with Jesus, you begin to get spiritual eyes? When you get a relationship with Jesus, your eyes or your heart is opened up to the spiritual realm, things that we cannot see right now. When you have faith in Jesus, your eyes are open to the spiritual world that we're living in. And your faith connects you into this spiritual world. There was a man named Nicodemus. He came to Jesus and he said, 
he said, listen, how, how, um, tell me how I can see miracles and, and tell me how I can really enter into the things that you have entered into. And Jesus said that unless you are born again, you will not see the kingdom of God. How many of you know it's important to see? And when we give our life to Jesus, we begin to have spiritual sight that we can start to see with eyes of faith. Not religion. Religion will keep a veil like Paul had. Religion will keep scales on your eyes. But when you accept Jesus in your heart, the veil or the scales fall off and you enter into a world of faith. You enter into a world of, of this place where you're connected to the spiritual world. How many of you know that we're not living for just here and now, but we're living for eternity? And I want to read this to you. Romans 3.22 to, uh, through 24, it says this, we are made right with God by placing our, we are made right with God by placing our, we are made right with God by placing our, in Jesus Christ. How are we made right with God? By placing our faith in Jesus. And this is true for everyone. This is true for Everyone. This is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned. If, if anybody in here says you've never sinned, you're sinning because you're lying. For everyone has sinned, and we all fall short of God's glorious standard, yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. Isn't that good news? He makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of sins. Man, I'm so thankful that Jesus having faith in what he did on the cross is what makes you right with God and gets you spiritual eyes. You're not walking by sight, but now you're walking by faith. And a lot of times in this world, we're such a visual culture that you can find yourself being conformed to the things of the world instead of walking by faith, not walking by the law, walking by religion. I'm just going to do the right thing. It's good to do the right thing, but how many of you know that God doesn't just want you to do the right thing? He wants you to do the right thing by faith. So it is literally living in this world that now you don't live by the dictates of your flesh and the outside circumstances. Now you are connected with God, hearing him and obeying him daily, and that's what it is to have a relationship with God. What would it be like if every single day we know that we have a connection with God because of what Jesus has done, and we listen to his voice every single day and step out and do what he's telling us to do by faith. How many of you know that is Christianity? When is the last time, or have you ever stopped and said, hey God, what are you wanting for my life, and stepped out in faith? I'm believing today, I'm believing starting today, we're gonna begin to step out in faith daily, that we are faith people. Look at your neighbor and say, you are faith people. I believe that God is going to begin to, you're going to begin to have a hunger and a thirst to follow after Jesus, to follow after his spirit. How many of you know that he's alive today in this room? He's with us today. And when you have a relationship with him, you are connected with God. You can't see it, 
but your spirit is connected with God, and now you have access to a spiritual realm. You have access to the heavens. Did you know the Bible says for us to actually pray, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in So God actually wants you to see things in the heavenlies so that you can pray and bring them on the earth. If, if God has given us a template of how to pray, and he says, pray like this, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in Is there any sickness in heaven? Is there any pain in heaven? Is there any depression in heaven? Is there any lack in heaven? God says now that you have this access to this spiritual world, you can actually call those things that are not as though they are in the earth. I don't know about you, but that's good news. See, you are someone that changes the atmosphere. You're not conformed to the atmosphere. You are somebody that has an access of faith and is able to change things on the earth, not because of good systems or ideas or business plan, but because you are a child of God and you have access to the kingdom. I don't know about you, but that's good news. Let me ask you, what do you need? What do you believe? What is your family going through? What are you going through? It's time for you to remember that you are a child of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and you can call those things that are not as though they are. How many of you know that your words have power? Can I remind you that you are made in the image of God? You are made in the image of God. So God, at the very beginning, The Bible says that he created the earth, then he created it. Meaning what? That he thought it through, he knew what he wanted, and then the Bible says he spoke it into existence and he began to form the earth. Did you know that you are made in the image of God? You are a spiritual being, and God wants you to begin to see things that are not as though they are and begin to call them in the earth today. Listen, when you begin to know who you are, you will not be intimidated when you're going through struggle because you have the passcode to the kingdom of heaven and you can bring it on the earth. Do you believe this? This is good news. This is good news. What are you declaring? What are you speaking? When we're not declaring faith and speaking faith, then we begin to recognize that we're not really having uh, this, this kingdom perspective. We start to think that, you know, I really, I'm just, you know, this mortal being that is just going to, I'm here and I'm getting swayed by life. How many of you know that we should not be swayed by life, but we should, we should change our circumstances? How many of you believe that we can change circumstances? that you're made in the image of God. You're made in the image of God. The enemy, the, scaredest, the, the thing that scares the enemy the most is you knowing who you are in God and calling those things that are not as though they are and you stepping into the things that God is calling you to step into. But God wants us to have spiritual eyes. Say spiritual eyes. This is what Paul was talking about in Ephesians 1, 17. He says, I pray... For the church, this is one thing I pray, that your eyes will be enlightened, that you might know the inheritance that is the riches of glory for your life. How many of you know that you have an inheritance? 
I'm here to remind you that you have an inheritance, and it's a big one. How many of you, your mood would change if you found out a great-great-uncle passed away that you did not know about and left you a billion dollars? How many of you would be excited about that today? Some of you were like, you're finally preaching now. <laughs> yeah, you'd be excited. You, have, you will have, if he gave you a will and laid up an inheritance for you, you would be very excited and access that inheritance, and you probably would live a little different. Anybody would live a little, little different? Wave at me. Oh, you wouldn't buy anything? You wouldn't get anything? I think you would, live, I think you would probably, you know, money doesn't fix your problems, but if you had a billion dollars, maybe things uh, could work out. I don't know. Uh, the thing is, how many of you know that there are promises, there, are, there is the will of God, and God wants you to see his will and access your inheritance in him? You have an inheritance. What is your inheritance? What is your inheritance? Are you accessing your inheritance? That's why the Bible is separated from the Old Testament and the New Testament. That word testament is a will. Jesus died so that you get an inheritance, you get a will, you get access to the kingdom of God, and those with access to the kingdom of God live a little differently. I'm here to tell you, you have better news than having a great, great uncle that leaves you an inheritance. You have better news that the king of kings, the creator of the universe, gave you access to the heavenly realms so that you can bring heaven to earth. Do you believe that? I'm not saying it. This is what the Bible says. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What does it take? The Bible says if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can cause big things to go out of the way. How many of you want to begin to operate in faith? When we have faith in Jesus, we begin to be opened up to the spiritual realm. This is what happened to Paul. This is what happened to Paul the Apostle. He was all about religion, and then he found Jesus, and he started to access faith. This doesn't mean that you don't go through things. This doesn't mean that everything is just like handed out. This means you have a hope that the world does not have, and you have a way to get through things that the world does not know. Number two. Say number two. How many of you know that faith is seen? Faith is seen. We see this with the Apostle Paul when, when he gives his life to God and the scales fall off his eyes, things immediately change. He begins to get connected with believers. He begins to get baptized. And the Bible says that he immediately begins to share the good news. And people were freaked out because the Christians were scared of him. And now this is a guy that's literally preaching the gospel to, to those, uh, he's preaching a message that he used to kill people about. How many of you know that God is not a respecter of person? He can use anybody. Those people that you think, no, they'll never come to God. Those are the people that will shock you the most and God's got his finger on them. How many of you know that God can change anyone? And in that moment, you start to see Paul taking steps. You can see faith. You can see it. When you believe it, you start to change. You start to look different. Your money goes in different places. Your, your, your focus goes in different places. You begin to shift your life because you are connected 
to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. How many of you know that if we believe, you're going to see it in our life? This is what James says. James says this, 226, for just as a human body without the spirit is a dead corpse, so faith without the expression of good works is dead. Now, we don't work to get the approval of God. We have the approval of God, and we naturally begin to work with God. See, we work from victory, not for victory. You already have victory at the cross, and when you really believe it, you begin to operate differently. I love that Paul immediately started to take next steps. How many of you know that it's not just right when you get saved? This is a lifestyle. Let me ask you this. What is the next step that God is asking you to take in faith? That is not a question that we just stop asking after serving God for a while. How many of you know that God is always asking us to take steps of faith? And as long as our eyes are fixed on Jesus, we can take steps of faith, but the world would like you to get tangled up into the distractions of the world and get in this hamster wheel of life instead of stopping and asking God, who are you and what do you want me to do? You have an inheritance. The Bible says that this is the way that you know your inheritance, to not be conformed to the world, but what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable will of God. God has a will for you. Are you taking the steps into his will? How many of you want to take steps into his will? Because it is operating in that kingdom. The kingdom of God is peace, joy, and right standing with the Holy Spirit. So when you're in God's perfect will, no matter if it's difficult, you still have peace. You still have joy. You still have right standing. How many of you want to begin to take steps with Jesus? Come on, that's the life that we live. We live a life of faith. So we're not trying to go through the motions. We're not trying to just check off our Christian list. We're stopping and saying, I know I'm connected now to God. And when I read his word and my eyes are fixed on him, I begin to hear his voice and I step out and begin to obey what he's telling me to do. See, a lot of us hear God and don't even know we're hearing God. We think it's like this out there, mythical, weird thing, like the clouds are going to open and you're going to hear trumpets, and I've never experienced anything like that. But I do know that God speaks to us through our thoughts. Have you ever seen the old cartoons? You got the angel right here and the demon right here. It's kind of like that. God will give you his thoughts, and the enemy, you either have your own thoughts or the enemy's thoughts. The Bible says that this, this spiritual life, it's actually a fight, and the enemy is always throwing uh, darts, fiery darts at your head. Some of you right now, as I'm preaching, there are fiery darts being thrown at your head, thinking about the things that you should worry about and the things that you did in the past and how you don't feel worthy and fiery darts of what are you going to do with your life, fiery darts. But how many of you know that we have the shield of faith? We can block those fiery darts, and when we begin to renew our mind, we'll start to have thoughts like this. Hey, you might want to go get your wife some flowers. You say, well, that's not spiritual. No, that's, that's very spiritual. <laughs> that thought, that thought 
you have to recognize that those good thoughts come from God when you're renewing your mind. And the enemy saying, you know what, that, that person hurts your feelings, you just need to show them rejection. You know, you need to give them the cold shoulder today. Is that God or the enemy? <laughs> Have you ever felt that before? Somebody kind of offended you and you're like, oh, today I'm just not, not going to really talk to them. Oh, I'm the only one. Okay, y'all are all spiritual out there. Uh, I know you have dealt with things before, and you're like, the thing for me to do is to kind of give them the cold shoulder. Are you play in your mind? Have you ever gotten an argument, and later on, you play in your mind what you should have said, like a really good cut-down moment? Anybody? You're like, man, I wish I would have said that. And you can't wait for them to bring that up again so you can spit out that argument. You're like, please let us have another one of those because I know something that's going to cut you down. Anybody? Is that God? No. God might say, hey, pay for their meal. And you're like, Satan? <laughs> God, you will begin to, you'll know that you're, when your thoughts are lining up with God's word, you will begin to recognize God's voice. How many of you want to begin to recognize God's voice? And that's what we do when we go to the cross. We all have flesh. We all have that thing of like wanting to do what our own desires want to do. But when we go to the cross and focus on what Jesus did, we recognize and remember that we have his spirit and we can follow after him. How many of you know that when you begin to follow after him, God begins to bless your life? The Bible says he'll bring you into green pastures. He's calling, but we're not getting into green pastures unless we listen to the call. The Bible says, my sheep hear my voice and they follow. So God could be calling and it could be hard to go through that gate it could be hard to go through that threshold of not wanting to, to do our own thing, what the world says to do, or what our own thought says to do, or even the enemy says to do. It's going over that threshold of our faith that causes us to enter into the blessings in our life. And I'm not talking about just external blessings. I'm talking about internal blessings. God wants you to go into green pastures. Ah. That just sounds good. He wants you to walk beside still waters. Ah, how many of you would love to just be in the mountains right now by some still waters, right? Well, we can actually have that in our life spiritually when we begin to follow with his word. But we get busy. We got to get, get things done. I got to get it done. I got to get it done. 100, hashtag grinding, right? I got to get it. I got I to gotta go. I gotta, I'm going to do things on my, on my own. I know how to parent. I know how to do this job. I know how to do that. I know, and I'm just going to get, I'm going to stay busy instead of stopping and saying, God, what do you want me to do? Yeah. And sometimes God will knock us off our high horse. Oh, you want it your way. You want to treat your boss that way. You want to treat your spouse that way. And then at the end of it, we're, we're wondering why we're full of anxiety. We're full of turmoil. It's because we decided to follow the wrong voice. How many of you want to begin to follow the voice of God? When we step into following God's voice, God begins to bring us from faith to faith to glory to glory. What does that word glory mean? It's a spiritual word. 
What does glory mean? You know, when you say the word glory, it actually is talking about what somebody is known for. So Michael Jordan's glory would be, I'm talking to a younger crowd, um, uh, maybe uh, somebody newer, um, LeBron James. If you were to talk about his glory, you would be talking about, right? Bo Jackson, you'd be talking about, see, you're showing your age. <laughs> Football and baseball, right? If you, were talking, if you were talking about Tiger Woods, you're thinking about, now, when we step into faith to faith to glory to glory, we actually start to receive the glory of God. In other words, we start to look more like him. See, God wants us to step out in faith, not so that we can just get the desires of our heart, but so that we start to get formed and begin to look like him and actually reflect the glory of God. We reflect what God is about when we step into faith. How many of you want to reflect who God is? Did you know the moon does nothing to shine? It just reflects the sun. And God wants you to begin to step in rhythm with God's voice, and you will begin to glorify God. How many of you want to look more like him? Now, the third fact is this. Faith must be cultivated in order to grow. When Paul, the apostle, he gets saved, right? This is a guy that's been to the third heaven. This is a guy that has heard God audibly, never done that, never had that experience. This is a guy, and what did Paul do? Paul, he did begin to preach the gospel and these things, but did you know he spent 12 years with the apostles? 12 years. Paul, that literally heard God, got directions from God to preach to the Gentiles, he hears from God, and, but what was Paul doing? He was cultivating his faith. What are you doing here today? As you're hearing about Jesus, your faith is getting cultivated. Your faith is getting stronger. Why are you here today? You're here today because the greater the faith, the greater the victory. And you know if you begin to renew your mind, you are going to be able to get in great faith. God will form your faith. And he'll form your faith faith through relationships, his word. That's why we're here today, because we know that we're, we're here to live a life of faith. How many of you want to live a life of faith? Faith, Romans 10, 17 says this, faith, let's put it up on the screen, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of, so the more I hear God's word, the more my faith is cultivated. Let me ask you, what are you listening to? We have today, like, so many podcasts. We can listen to so many messages. We have a Bible app with 1,500 different translations. How many of you know that it is important to stop and begin to transform your mind because it is your faith that causes you to come into victory. I think it's fascinating that Paul the Apostle, Paul the Apostle began to cultivate his faith. God spoke to him, I want you to speak to the Gentiles. And then after 10 more years, after 12 years, he was finally sent out to the Gentiles. And after 10 years of doing that, God says, I want you to go to Rome. 
How many of you know that God will give us directions for our faith as our faith gets cultivated? I can't wait for you this week to start to cultivate your faith and you begin to step out in God. See, you might have a big, long dream. And it might be something, and you think that's the end destination. That is not the end destination. God wants you to enjoy the process of following him daily, and that's how you get to your end destination. It is following him daily to get the big dreams and the big goals that you're believing for. It is not just putting a, uh, which I believe in, a 10-year plan. I'm all for goals. I'm all for writing it down. But how many of you know that God wants you to follow him daily and he will reroute you and you'll wonder why you're at where you're at, but he will reroute you to get where he said he's going to take you. You might be in a place that looks far away from what God told you, and God is, has a way to reroute his people and begin to bless them when we're following him even in the dark times. And Paul was a great example of this. This brings me to my next point. How many of you know that the fourth fact, faith is tested? Faith is many times tested in your detours. Why am I here? What am I doing right now? Why am I in this place? Faith is tested. If anybody knows about the testing of faith, it would be Paul. At the end, he, 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 he goes on this missionary journey for 10 years, planting churches and doing these things, stepping out for God. And then God gives him a word about going to Rome. Paul's main objective is to get to Rome. And I love the scripture because we read in Acts 28, he's actually in a place where he is imprisoned for preaching the gospel, and he knows that he's going to Rome. He wants to preach to Caesar. This is his main objective. How many of you know God has a main objective for you? Yeah. There are big dreams that God put in your heart. There are big things in your life that God wants to speak to you. You know the family that you want. You know the ministry. You know what God, God is causing you to be an influencer so you can influence people. You know the word of God. You know the dream. What's the dream? I'm here to tell you, the dream, it's a lot easier to dream the dream than to live the dream. How many of you know that sometimes God will put you on a detour? Paul was ready to go to Rome, but in Acts 28, the Bible says that he was in a ship, and the ship began to break and begin to fall apart, and he begins to, uh, he's in the ocean with a bunch of prisoners. I would be thinking, God, I'm supposed to be in Rome. Anybody? Some of you, some of you, your ship has fallen apart. The thing that you relied on before, but I'm here to tell you, God still has a bigger plan. God doesn't want you to rely on the ships that you relied on in the past. He doesn't want you to rely on that person that you leaned on too much. He doesn't want you to rely on that, that way that you get money. God wants you to begin to rely on him, and your faith will be tested. He literally tells the prisoners, while the ship is breaking, don't worry, God's called me to Rome. We're going to be all right. What kind of faith is that? What kind of faith is that when everything's falling apart and say, so don't worry, I got a word? Yeah. 
Don't worry, I got a word. Some of you in here, you have, you're, you're, we, we can't begin to just listen to emotions. We have to bank everything on his word. What did God say? His ship is falling apart. You might have some things that are falling apart. We come to church and smile. How you doing? Everything's great. And you just got in a fight with your wife about 10 minutes ago. Wanting to slap your kids around, right? Maybe your ship is falling apart. I'm here to say God wants you to bank on his word, not what the world says. God wants you to bank on his, on his word, not what your emotions say. Because you, if you listen to your emotions, you will, you will end up in a dark place. No, I tell my emotions what God's word says. I tell my circumstances what God's word says. My ship might be looking like it's falling apart, but you don't know the word that I got. Things might seem like it's unraveling. People might be talking, but you don't know the word that I got. You might have a bad report from a doctor, but we have a higher physician. His name is Jesus, and he created it all. I'm here to tell you, stop banking on your emotions and your own thoughts and begin to bank on his word. I love the confidence of Paul. The ship is falling apart, but God called me to Rome. We'll be all right. What kind, of, what kind of confidence is that? Count it all joy. Count it all joy when troubles come because it's actually stretching your faith so that you can endure. You know what I hate the worst about working out is stretching. I hate stretching. You would have to pay me to go to a yoga class you know what I mean? I mean, I, I, I'm not a yoga guy. I don't know if you can tell. But stretching, stretching is not fun. Stretching's not fun. It, it, it pulls. But listen, if you don't stretch, you will only get so far and you'll get an injury. And in your life today, God wants to stretch you because he's calling you for bigger and the better. And listen, a bow is never released unless it's stretched. God is stretching you. Maybe you feel like this is too much. What am I doing here? Maybe I should throw in the towel. And God says, I'm stretching you because I'm preparing you to get released, to step into the destiny that I created you for. You feeling stretched? Good. Good. It is the way that God is going to allow you to get into the place that he's calling you to be. And if you're here today, I'm here to tell you, the Paul, the apostle, had his ship falling apart. And he said, I have a word, though. I know where I'm going. Do you know where you're going? When you have God's word and you have God's dream, it does not matter the circumstances. And God will allow you to go through some things so that your faith can be stretched and you're not walking by sight, but you're walking by faith. Count it all joy when the trials come because it's causing endurance for your faith. We just want all the victories. We want all the success. But how many of you know before the success comes the stretching? And there might be times you're like, man, things are falling apart. God says, stop right there. Count it joy because you're going to begin to have a new perspective. And I'm in the middle of this storm. I'm in the middle of this falling apart. And if you begin to rely on my word, I will be, I'll begin to bring you where I promised you you would go. Paul the apostle gets on this island called Malta. It's storming. 
it's raining, and all of a sudden, <laughs> he's just serving. Paul, the apostle, he starts to serve, and he gets sticks together to make a fire. He gets all these sticks together, and the Bible says that the fire was going, and all of a sudden, there was a viper that came out of the fire and stuck on Paul's hand. This is a bad day. I'm shipwrecked. Now I got a, a poisonous snake that just bit me, and I'm just trying to serve. God, what is going on? How many of you know if the enemy can't get you with outside circumstances, he'll get you with inside circumstances? He'll make sure that a venom will get in you, a venom of bitterness, a venom of self-doubt, a venom. He will make sure that you turn on yourself. When you have venom on the inside of you, your body turns on itself and shuts down. I'm here to tell you, when Paul saw that snake, he had in his mind, this might look like it's over to you, but I got a word that I'm going to Rome. The Bible said he shook it off. He shook it off. He shook it off. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to shake it off. If, if the external thing can't get to you, the enemy will try to make the internal thing. And it usually happens when you step out to serve. Oh, I just feel used. Will you ask God to use you? God, use me. And then a month later, I just feel used. Well, quit asking to be used. How many of you know if he can't get you on the outside, he'll get you on the inside? Man, they don't care, and they don't do this, and bitterness and doubt, and, and this infection, this infection wants to keep you from your divine destiny, but I'm here to tell you, you got to shake it off. That offense with your spouse, you got to shake that off right now. That offense with that friend, that disappointment that's on the inside, that's got on the inside, you thought it was going to work out, you got to shake it off, and you got to know that I'm going to the word that God spoke. I don't care that the snake bit me. I have an antibody. I have an antidote, and the antidote is focusing on Jesus and what he said back in the day when Moses the children of Israel um, got bit by a snake C come on up and play so everybody thinks I'm about to end uh, got bit by a snake this is what they did they put a serpent on this pole signifying Jesus and they lifted up this serpent and the Bible says that the people that got bit in the wilderness when they focused on that serpent, which represents Jesus, the Bible says that that venom started to come out of their life and they started to get whole. How many of you know when you're dealing with bitterness or internal disappointment, start to focus on Jesus and who he is and God will cause you to get cleansed of all of that junk? Paul, you gotta love Paul. He just shook it off. He just shook it off. Your destiny, your destiny is going to come because you decide to shake some things off, shake some disappointments. What are things you need to shake off right now? Some of you are plagued with insecurity right now. You made a few mistakes and you maybe didn't do things right and you are just down on yourself right now. That is not the voice of God. That's the voice of the enemy. Shake it off. Paul had every right to say, maybe this is not the will of God. Shake it off. Maybe I brought this on myself. Shake it off. The Bible says that the people said, this guy must be a murderer. He's doomed. He's judged. And the Bible says they were waiting for him to puff up and die. And when he didn't, 
he came, he, they had the opinion that he was a murderer and then started saying he was a god. How many of you know the enemy is waiting for you to puff up and die? There are people that are waiting for you to puff up and die, but you have an antidote, and that antidote is fixing your eyes on Jesus. He's going to begin to bring you where he said he was going to bring you. I love that Paul did not wait to get to Rome to serve and love people. Right after that, Paul began to heal uh, the governor of the land, began to pray for him. People brought their sick, brought people, and he began to uh, preach the gospel there. How many of you know that we shouldn't start acting like the way we should be when we get in the final destination? God wants you to begin to act like it now. He wasn't in Rome, but he was acting like he was in Rome. Not too long ago, well, it was years ago, there was, I was in Walgreens, and uh, I was looking for the manager, and the guy that was actually the manager didn't look like the manager, didn't dress like the manager. There was another guy that actually looked like the manager, dressed like the manager, and acted like the manager. And he was like, I'm not the manager. And I said, you'll be the manager here in a couple weeks. Not too long later, he was the manager. Why? Because he didn't wait for the promotion. He didn't wait for the dream to come to pass. He started acting right now what he knew he was. And sometimes God doesn't want us to wait for the promises. He says, hey, begin to act it now and begin to serve now. Well, when I get that amount of money, then I'll begin to give. Or when I, when I get this, then I'll begin to take these next steps. What are you waiting for? God says, do it now. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. How many of you want some now faith? I know you have faith for the things in the future, but God is calling you to things now. And we're going to close on this. By the way, I love this part of Paul when he's on Malta. You know what happened? There was literal, the, the guys that he helped set him up for a whole ship full of cargo to get to Rome. How many of you know that your detours can set you up for your destination? Because he had faith in the detour, he got set up for his destination. He literally got funded to do the dream of God that God called him to do. How many of you know that God can show up even in the detours? And the fifth thing is this, faith is rewarded. Faith is rewarded. 1 Corinthians 9.23, I do everything to spread the good news and share in his blessings. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. Say that with me. So run to win. One more time. So run to win. I'm here to tell you, you're in a race, and the race is faith. God wants you to run to win. You don't have to look at somebody else's lane. God has your own lane of faith. God wants you to begin to run after him in faith. And there's a prize at the end of that running. God says, do not lose heart. For the, if you do not lose heart, that you will begin to reap the blessing. How many of you are ready to reap the blessing? I'm here to tell you today, God wants you to strengthen your heart, strengthen your knees, begin to focus on the word of God, and God's going to allow you to get where he called you to go. Do you believe that today? Come on, stand up right where you are. I want to pray for you. If you're here today and you say, you know what, this life of faith that you're talking about, being able to have access to God and his kingdom, I want that. I want to be able to have eyes to see. I want to be able to have this life 
of faith. We're going to go back to our first point. It's through Jesus that you have access to the kingdom. It is through Jesus that you have access to this world of faith. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I want to pray for you today. And I believe when you pray this prayer, the Bible says that all old things pass away and all things become new. If you're here today and you say, you know what, I want a relationship with him, say this after me. Say, Jesus, I'm tired of living my own way. I turn to you. I believe in you. I believe you died for me and that you rose again. Come into my heart. From this day forward, I make you my Savior and my Lord. Come on, with nobody looking around today, if you said that prayer, just slip up your hand right where you are. I'm not going to embarrass you. I see your hand. God bless you. I see your hand. God bless you. You can put it down. Lord, I thank you for those that lifted their hands today. Lord, I thank you that you, your word says that when one person comes to God, all the heavens rejoice. Lord, we want to rejoice with you in heaven. We thank you that we're connected to this kingdom, this family body. And Lord, we thank you that you are rejoicing right now because of those that lifted up their hand. Church 54, in the count of three, can we party with heaven? Can we give God a shout and praise? One, two, three. Lord, we thank you. We honor you, Lord. Now I want to pray over you if you can just lift your hands if you feel comfortable. Lord, I thank you for everybody that's here today. Lord, I thank you that this is going to be a week of faith. God, that they're going to focus on you, that you're going to strengthen them, that they're going to change their circumstances, that they're going to find you through their circumstances. Lord, I thank you that they're going to bank on your word, that they're going to rely on your word, and that they're stepping into the will of God for their life in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody says amen. God bless you. Love you, God. Jeremy.